All right, ladies and gentlemen, peace and love. Hope everybody's doing well. You are tuned into the Urban Conservative Podcast. First time for everything. First time for everything. I'm actually in the car, which um, I didn't plan on being in the car at this time. We just left an awesome fundraiser uh, for Greg Williams South Hole Town Board. Awesome event uh, at Drossos Mini Golf um, and, and Snack Bar. Amazing event. Got to get out and support local candidates. So uh, very important. And then tomorrow night, Tomorrow night, yeah, tomorrow night we're out with Scott Horowitz in the town of Southampton uh, doing his fundraiser for Southampton Town Trustee. So it's important to get involved in these local races and, and get around and really meet the candidates and see the people that the candidates are around. I, I, before we bring our guest on, I really just want to impress that upon you guys. Go to these candidates' fundraisers, not so much just about the candidates, but see the type of other people that support the candidates and and see what's going on i think that's very important so um we got the the larry elder recall thing happening today we'll talk we'll talk about that tomorrow we'll figure out how that goes tonight and going into tomorrow we'll see what that's about but really quickly do us a favor if you support the podcast get in the comment section let us know where you're watching from tuconservative.com is the website make sure you look for us on all streaming platforms of course shout out to my twin brother adul ali so very interesting show for you guys. Like I said, first time we in the car. This is this is a thing for us. This is part of doing a live show. Um, we're going to be talking to a young lady today that's in part of some of you guys may know who AOC is, right? Partially in AOC's district, uh, but she's running for New York City Council out in Queens. First time on the Urban Conservative. We want to welcome Felicia Kalin to the Urban Conservative. Peace and love. How are you? I'm great. Raheem, thank you so much for inviting me today. I'm excited to hang out with the Urban Conservative family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm sorry for being in the car. I'm usually at the house, right? But <laughs> no, it's I'm good. I love fundraising it. raising Republican things. And I was like, wait a minute, we have a show. and Maybe I can leave at, and then you start having a good time. So I appreciate you. No, uh, we're living the same life. Time. I understand. Always on the yep, go. Yep. It's good. It's good so, stuff. So listen, tell us about you, right? Yeah. Who's Felicia? Where did you grow up? How did you get involved yeah. in politics? Yeah, so good questions. I actually am originally from Indiana. I grew up in Indiana. Um, my dad was from Chicago. My mom was an Indiana girl. Um, and I grew up actually mostly with a single mother and, uh, you know, became a person of very strong faith at a, at a very early age. And, um, you know, I think really my government teacher in high school was the first person that really got me interested in politics and um, kind of pursued it from there. But um, yeah, so I'm originally from Indiana. Um, I went to college in Indiana as well. And then I studied abroad in Egypt, actually, and uh, met my husband while I was there. Um, my husband actually was born in New York, and he was raised mostly in Cincinnati. And he was pastor at the time. And um, we always loved New York. We always had a heart for New York. We were doing a lot of uh, community work in the city. And then um, we actually had an opportunity to come and help. Uh, my husband uh, was a staff member at a church at Forest Hills. And then they were planting a church in Astoria, which is where we live now. Uh, we now have two kids, a six and five year old. And, uh, you know, in, in college, going to go back a little bit, I studied um, political science and international studies. My focus was the Middle East. And then I became a legislative aide after college. Um, was an executive assistant um, at the Ohio Board of Regents. And then from there, um, actually started a, an organization called Unchained, working with survivors of human trafficking. 
and we did fashion shows that told the story of human trafficking and domestic violence, working with a project uh, runway designer, Kato Mamalu. Um, and then from there, I actually became the VP of a company called Cohatch. And Cohatch is a social enterprise incubator space and co-working spaces. Um, there's a lot of them, and I was managing a lot of the locations as the VP of everything there at Cohatch and um, really gained a heart and love for entrepreneurship, starting businesses. You know, my mom, like I grew up with her as a single mother. We struggled a lot, but then she started a business very, very early on. And uh, actually when I was in high school and then completely changed her life, changed our lives as well. And so this passion for ending cyclical poverty uh, through entrepreneurship and opportunity. And so I think that really drew me into the Republican Party, um, being the party that really focuses on empowerment. And, um, you know, that aligns with a lot of the values that I have. And so um, in this race in particular, uh, you know, we, we were loving and serving the community already in church ministry. And um, I really prayed and you know, we thought that the next step in loving and serving the community, you know, for me is running for city council, very local race, you know, taking care of the needs of the local community. And uh, I saw that city hall was very out of touch uh, with a lot of just everyday families. And, and so that's why I'm running to, to be that voice. Well, I, I want to back up for a second because you said yeah. a, a lot of things that we could dive into, but I'm just curious, um, did your studies help you to kind of uh, rationalize your political position or were you always a Republican? Like, was it yeah. that you were studying political science that, that helped that out? Or was this Republican uh, idealist, you know, the ideas in your mind before that? Yeah, I would say, you know, I always had sort of conservative leanings, you know, just growing up in the Midwest, but I would never have identified myself necessarily as a Republican. Um, and then I just sort of worked those values out as I went, you know, through college. I think um, I was just experimenting with a lot of different philosophies and different things and sort of arrived. I'm a thinker, you know, I think a lot and um, just arrived at, you know, based on my values, this is sort of where I would align myself with, with the Republican Party, being the party, again, of empowerment and uh, economic opportunity for people. That's where I really saw, you know, if we're going to have change and it's uh, long-term sustainable change, we have to empower people with economic opportunities. And, um, you know, I just saw the future of the Republican Party um, really in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, there were just different people in my life that really kind of influenced it. Um, right after college, when I was a legislative aide, I worked for state representative Margie Condit, and um, she really influenced a lot of, I think, the viewpoints that I had and sort of solidified, like, definitely I see like the future of the Republican party is the place that I want to be in. Um, she just loved her people. Um, I would get a constituent call and she would want to know exactly where the person was. She would show up at their house, make sure, um, every, you know, we took care of their needs. And I think it's just that servant leadership, just getting back to like, we're actually supposed to be public servants and, um, let's take care of the needs of the community. And I think, um, you know, it, specifically here in the city, you know, politicians haven't done that for a very long time. So I'm excited for the future of the Republican Party here. And it's, it's exciting time to be a part of the Republican Party, because I think we are becoming the party of, of everyday people. And that's that's exactly where we need to be. I, I totally agree with you. And I think um, I, and I say this a lot, Felicia, that sometimes we have to kind of stand in awe 
at the job that the left has done of convincing people of absolutely nonsensical ideas uh, and policies that in you know that really don't make any sense. So if we on the right have policies that do make sense and we do have um, moral grounds for for our decision making process, in theory, you kind of got to be in awe of the job that the left has done and convincing mm-hmm. people of things that aren't true. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, wow, yeah. you guys really have done a wonderful job of something terrible. Like, it's exactly. absolutely mind-boggling. Exactly. And I think what people want to see is they want to see themselves in the person that's representing them, really. Like, if they, if they can identify with a value or some, like, a struggle that we had or whatever, I think, you know, that it makes it feel like their needs are actually being represented. And I think Honestly, like the people who are running out, like very specifically here in my race, Tiffany Caban, um, you know, she didn't grow up in the neighborhood either. She came in. Um, she is, uh, you know, she's not a parent. She doesn't understand what's like to, to raise a family. Um, her ideology is really, you know, a, a very small group of people sort of believe in, you know, abolishing prisons and, um, you know, defunding the police by 90 percent, legalizing opioids, like a lot of the the policy that she's trying to put forth, if you know, and then you look at the community in District 22, and it's not adding up. You know, I think people just want to see that who they elect will have their back, and especially when it comes to you know, if we're going through uh, something like the COVID-19 pandemic, or um, you know, we have a, a disaster that someone is fighting for the community and not their own you know self-interest or agenda. And, um, you know, being a mom, I think we just, we don't have a parent, a lot of parents representing us at city hall. I have a six and five year old and, um, what families have been through over the last two years is, uh, it's insane. Honestly, it's, it's complete insanity. And a lot of families have left and a lot of our kids are falling behind in education and we need, we need a voice at the, at the table. We need a seat at the table at city hall. And, uh, again, people want to see that the, person they're electing understands what it's like to, to live in their shoes a little bit. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect uh, perfect sense. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, here at the 10 minute mark, you're listening to or watching the Urban Conservative podcast. Uh, we're talking to city council candidate Felicia Kalin that is running in Queens District 22. You said you got a little piece of uh, AOC's district out there. I'm just curious, what is it like living that close to someone that stupid? Well, you know what? Um, it's funny because a lot of the people that I talk to on a daily basis, you know, we're doing a lot of door knocking. We're doing a lot of doing a lot of phone banking. We get a lot of love, honestly, like in this community, because the people who haven't voted are the the lifers here in a story. The people who grew up here, um, they have. I think a lot of them have told me that they haven't really had a candidate that they really felt like they could come out and support in a really long time. Um, so I think they're just excited to have someone who, you know, aligns with a lot of the values that people have and people are pretty upset that this community has been deemed socialist. Honestly, we're, I'm in Astoria. Um, this, this community is very transient, um, in some places, but if you come over to the Dittmar's side of Astoria, you're going to find Greeks, Italians, Irish people who are hardworking people, a lot of blue collar, um, you know, workers, a lot of just different types of people that um, they're not extremists or radicals by any stretch of the imagination. You know, they're just trying to live their lives. And um, and so 
to be able to mobilize people. I've had people who have told me I've never voted Republican before in my life, and you'll be the first Republican that I vote for. We've signed up people to vote. Um, it's just exciting every single day being out here. Again, I know the question was about AOC, but I think because she's such a polarizing character and Caban, you know, my opponent, um, you know, is supported by her and Bernie Sanders as well, that people had given up hope, honestly. And what people need right now is hope. And so the people that I talk to, you know, being in AOC's districts, they're just like, thank God we have an alternative to, to uh, you know, the direction we've been heading in. And so honestly, it's energizing. And um, it's, I think, exactly where God wanted us to be in this season is, you know, to, to bring hope to people. Um, and the city's gone through a lot. Our community's gone through a lot. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very humble to be that person. So let me ask you this quick question, because you mentioned your opponent, right? Yeah. How, how far left on the leftometer is your opponent? If, if we had, like, a, yeah. a far left like how uh, how radical is this is this person? I would say as far on the left as you could go, that's where she is. Um, You're saying defunding police and all of that. Defunding the police by ninety percent. She goes further than defunding the police. It's disbanding the police. That's the language. Um, the far left call her the prison abolitionist. So she believes that every single prison, every single jail has to be closed down. Um, and those people need to be released. So basically releasing criminals on the street. Um, she has put forth some very radical ideologies when it comes to uh, legalizing opioids. Um, just the, again, the as far, far left extreme as you can go, you know, that's where she's she is right now. And she actually is the political director of, um, I believe, with the Working Families Party. And so you know, as career politician as you can get, even though I don't think she's been elected to anything yet, but um, she's a part of the establishment. And I think it's really funny that, you know, being a Republican, you know, we're actually here in New York City at City Hall. There's only three of the 51 members of city council are Republican. So we're actually not the establishment here. And a lot of the problems we're seeing are not coming from the Republican Party. And I think people are just ready for balance. You know, they want they want balance. They want common sense. And that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring uh, common sense back to City Hall. That has to be super frustrating, though. Because yeah. But, but like, so here's my thing. This is my thinking, right? People are individually intelligent. You might be able to speak to an individual, but there's just something happens when you get groups of people together. And I'm just curious from from why do you think it's so difficult to, in the cities, particularly uh, New York City, to get large groups of people to understand that they're repetitively voting for things that aren't working? Like, why is that so difficult to get them to understand, do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm a numbers girl, so let's talk about numbers. I think um, about 18 to 20,000 people vote. Um, in local elections. I want to say, I'm just pulling these out, but I, I think we have like a population of about 140,000 people or so in, in District 22. I think, you know, maybe just under 100,000 are actually registered to vote. So there's just a lot of people not voting at all. So I think even going beyond, um, you know, why are people voting the same way? A lot of people just aren't voting. Um, so that's a problem. We have to energize them. I, I think, you know, running actual real races and campaigns like we've 
done most of the fundraising. I have an office I could show you like behind me, some of the stuff like it. We're actually present in the community. We're knocking on doors and we're doing the work that we need to do to reach out to the community. So, um, you know, I don't know why people have repetitive uh, behaviors. That's a great question. But I think yeah. we just haven't, you know, on the other side of that, we haven't offered them great choices, to be honest. And this is an exceptional year. We have some amazing Republican women running for office across the city, for city council in particular. And we're bringing our A game. Like every single woman that I know in this group of women that just incredible um, leaders, they are working very hard around the clock to win their seats. And I think we're going to take the city by storm and people haven't picked up on it yet, but uh, they'll be made aware November 2nd, you know? So, um, but yeah, yeah we're, we're definitely trying That's to, it's, exactly. yeah. Oh, can you hear me? Um, I think I lost you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah. I wanted to say shout out to Vanessa Simon too. She has an event oh, coming yeah. up next month that's very important. Guys, go back check yeah. out our, our previous uh, interview with Vanessa Simon. Um, so, I, I really quick, Felicia, explain to somebody from outside of the district um, some of the issues that you see there in the district that you want to address uh, when you win this city council seat. Yeah. So, number one is definitely public safety. You know, um, with a lot of the defunding the police talk. Um, making sure that public safety is is a huge priority especially with my opponent being tiffany caban wanting to you know not just make some changes in the nypd and make sure that people are safe and um but she actually wants to completely end uh the nypd and disband them so public safety sanitation is a huge problem and i think safe and clean streets go hand in hand um, probably like a lot of other areas in the dis and in the city of New York, in District 22, we've seen a huge problem with sanitation. And I don't know, of course, like Hurricane Ida and, and the effects of that have been in the news. But what people haven't talked about is the fact that trash blocked a lot of these sewer drains. And, um, you know, sanitation has become really a public health crisis. And people don't talk about that enough. We have to get trash off the streets. Um, and, you know, we also have to clean up some of the infrastructure that's gone. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've, we have billions of dollars in, in tax funding, but the money's not going where it needs to go. So I think following the money, um, being a person of, you know, holding the mayor and the rest of city council accountable to the dollars that we spend holding city agencies accountable, that's what's needed to happen for a very long time. Next year, we're going to have a $98 billion budget. So I want to make sure that um, the dollars are spent well and where they need to go. Um, so definitely, again, public safety, safe and clean streets. And um, of course, public health is another big issue with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I'm certainly a person I've been you know, personally vaccinated, but I disagree with how the mandates have been rolled out and how they've really kind of targeted our small businesses. And um, so that's certainly a priority is making sure that we, um, that people have like a personal choice when it comes to their health. Um, so, but also uh, along with that is, um, you know, we were the center of the COVID-19 pandemic and um, our hospitals have been overcrowded for a very long time. We've had a growing population and uh, we need more hospital beds. So definitely making sure that um, 
we get those services that we need and making sure that we work with, um, you know, we have Mount Sinai here in Queens, whether we expand that hospital or uh, we build a new hospital, public health is going to be a, a huge priority and initiative for me. Um, and then children and families representing kids um, and representing parents and really being a voice of reason at, at City Hall right. and uh, making sure making sure the dollars that come to our district are well spent and uh, that the needs of the community are met. But really a huge part of what we do is constituent services. So, you know, you have a pothole, you have something that needs fixed at home. You have a tree that comes down, um, your trash being picked up. So with sanitation, going back to the sanitation issue, um, when, this, when the budget was rolled out, they actually cut the Department of Sanitation's budget. So we have less frequent pickups and street cleaning. And that's, again, caused a, a sanitation problem in our community. So we've sent out teams of people. Uh, really, honestly, I've been doing this even in my church, you know, when we were running our church ministry as well just cleaning up the street and getting our hands dirty and showing, you know, that this is, we need, we're a community that's going to come together and meet the needs of the community. And right now that's getting the trash off the street and, you know, putting the dignity back into our neighborhood. And so um, a lot of just quality of life issues that we have here in district 22. And again, just being a, a person that represents children and families at city hall um, and, you know, a huge, the majority of the budget goes to education. So I think we need a mom to, to be able to um, be a voice there when we uh, allocate those, those dollars. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're talking to Felicia Kalen, who is running for uh, New York City Council District 22, Queens. Um, please do us a favor. If you're, if you're checking us out via video, hit the like, follow, subscribe. I, I didn't feel like y'all might wanted to see me. I'd rather stare at her and look at me in the car with the flashy lights and stuff. So uh, do us a favor. Hit the like, follow, subscribe. TUConservative.com is the website. Uh, go get a membership. It's 10 bucks for the year. You get some great content, behind-the-scenes footage, uh, exclusive interviews. You get our blog, our news feed, a bunch of cool stuff. And we might be rolling out some new mugs. I got to talk to Heather about the mugs. We've been... We've been drinking out of TUC mugs the last couple of days, and I like the mugs. So we may get you <laughs> So let me let me ask you this question because people tend to, to like the boroughs are very different, right? Like the energy, the vibe, if you will, of Queens is a lot different than Brooklyn, which is a lot different than Manhattan. Um, do you do you guys feel that the impact of the decisions that are made uh, further out west, like like in in Manhattan? Uh, have you guys experienced that in Queens with the with the lockdowns yeah. in the city? You know, I had a bunch of Dems coming eastbound, right? So did you guys right. see that? Uh, how, how has that impacted you guys out in Queens? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of issues. I think Queens honestly gets forgotten. I think uh, the city council is so Manhattan-centric that, you know, um, we sort of get the leftovers in Queens, and that's, that's uh, unfortunate. But we do have an incredible incredible community of people here in Astoria. I have to like, at, when you said that, I have to like pull out a shirt that I have because um, we have incredible people. This uh, lady just came by the office today and she made me this shirt. And this just goes to show like the beauty of our community and the support that we get um, is just, it's honestly, it's astounding. So uh, I just wanted to like share that with you. But yeah, I think, um, we have a lot of people here who aren't afraid to stand up to 
um, you know, some of the mandates and I've talked to some of the small business owners and uh, that have been neg negatively impacted by some of these. And, you know, there's some people who, um, you know, they're just, they're trying to run their business. They, I, I'll, I'm going to give a very, you know, specific example. My neighbor next door owns a pizza shop and he um, can't be vaccinated because he has a blood disorder um, that causes him to not be vaccinated. And so, um, you know, when a lot of these mandates are being rolled out, they're not thinking of the nuances and, and all of that. But people here, um, they're not afraid to fight back. And so I've had a lot of people who reached out to me who said, you know, like this isn't, I'm not just anti-vax, like I physically cannot get the vaccine. And like, what do I do to navigate this? And um, there are a lot of people who, who are mobilizing in our community um, and they're not afraid to step up. And so I'm, you know, I'm here to, to be a resource for them. And, um, you know, yeah, I think that's just the kind of where my mind goes when you ask that question is just right. um, what, what's the vibe like in Queens right now? I think there are a lot of people who, you know, it was tough. I think right before this, this mandate, people were excited for the future of the city. I was seeing life again. I was seeing, you know, I was getting excited. I'm all about entrepreneurship incubation. And then I think with this last rollout, you, I'm talking to a lot of people who are like, you know what, this puts the nail in the coffin. Like I'm out, you know, I'm out of, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to leave the city. Um, and so we have to get the spirit of Queens back. We have to unleash like incredible creative spirit. We have a lot of creative people. Um, we have a lot of small businesses. We have incredible, um, you know, just beautiful, beautiful communities, very diverse people from all over the world. And, um, you know, multiple, you know, groups of people, leaders in the community to telling me how discouraged they are with the current government. Um, you know, it's, it's alarming, but um, I'm trying to keep the hopes and spirit up and say, like, you know, hang in there a little bit longer, and we'll get through this. And hopefully, we'll have more Republicans elected to City Hall. And uh, we're going to start, you know, being that voice for people. Oh, can you still hear me? All right, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, sorry for the pause. Can you hear me? Okay, can you hear me now? Okay, so I'm I'm like literally two minutes from from a solid Wi-Fi connection, right? Oh no. Um, so my, my question for you is though, um, with with all that's going on out in the city and and you know the, the the energy out there, are you finding that people aren't as politically informed as we as they should be? I'm just curious how we ran into that because I see yeah. that a lot. People don't know as much as they should, but do you see the same thing out there in the city? A hundred percent. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people, because they have so much going on, um, they are tuned out. And I think they're also very discouraged. Um, you know, a lot of the Republicans that I, whether, you know, speaking to a Republican or Democrat, people are very discouraged about like the radicalization of politics. And so, um, you know, there's some people who are like, ah, oh, I'm not, you know, I have to sit down and actually talk them through, um, you know, look, this is what's happening at city hall. This is why it's important. Because a lot of people say, well, even if I vote, it doesn't matter, you know, like <laughs> why even go out to vote? And so I have to actually like show them the numbers, like, Hey, this is winnable. Like I need you. I, I can't, like I need every single vote. I know this is going to be tight and I need you out there. And so I think, you know, just spending that time to talk to people, but yeah, people are definitely tuned out. They um, don't know everything that's going on, especially with local politics. That's, I think everybody pretty much followed or is following the mayoral race, um, but they're less, you know, knowledgeable about what's happening locally. And, um, you know, really the Democrat strategy that I've seen is voter suppression. They don't want Republicans to come out to vote. Um, if they can convince the media to, to let people know that they won the primary and that there's no more election, which is what my opponent, Tiffany Caban has done. She's called, you know, she said that she has a mandate and that she's sort of acting as the, the city council person right now. It actually confuses people. I've had people come in who said, oh, there's still an election. I, I'm like, yes, there's absolutely still an election. It's November wow. 2nd. It actually, people think that the election happened in June and they're, they're confused that there's still an election. And let me tell you a few other things that happened to me running as a Republican. There were debates, um, three debates that I was not allowed to participate in because I didn't have a primary. And um, that was really, really frustrating because because I didn't have an opponent, if a Republican went to go vote, they didn't know, well, because I wasn't on the ballot, I you know, automatically went to the general election. So people didn't realize, oh, there is a Republican running. I wasn't on the debate. The media wasn't covering me. And then when they go to vote, you know, they have no one to vote for because I didn't have a primary. Um, so it is it's a lot of education of like, this is what a primary means. This is what the general election is. People are confused, you know, so um, but that's what I love to do is to educate them on the process and get more so people quick, out to vote. That's what it's all about. Yeah, quick, quick question for you. Right. And I, and I know this might be like a cliche question, but how important are local elections? Right. And we try to harp on it here, but but just put it in your own words. How how important are local elections? Honestly, I think local elections are the most important election you can vote for. It decides how much funding goes to your schools, um, what types of, you know, uh, public health infrastructure you have. Every city agency that we have, Department of Sanitation, um, you know, your property taxes, all that good stuff. Um, it's all decided by your local politicians. So I think it's absolutely, it's, you know, all the things that happen in our daily lives really are, you know, how much we're, if, if we have parking, if our parking is removed, how much is in our parking, you know, how much we're paying for different things. Um, this is all decided by your local elected officials. So I think it's, it's vitally important that everybody goes out to vote, especially now, um, especially during this time. Uh, it, I think people have realized over the last two years, people have they're awake now. They're, they see how much their daily life 
is impacted, especially when you look at the difference between like how Long Island has handled the pandemic versus like New York City. Um, and, you know, they're, you know, they see both sides or what's happening in other states. And so people are, you know, their eyes are open to, okay, like I'm, I'm coming out to vote. And I think the people that are most energized to come out to vote this November are Republicans or Democrats who are very angry um, with the current establishment. And so I think it's an incredible year to pick up some good seats here locally and, and hopefully continue the momentum. How how was the uh, the last, I'd say, year in the city for those? Because we have viewers all over the country, right? And I like to give them a perspective of dealing with the pandemic from somebody that may be in a different environment than them. But how has it been for you during this, yeah. this last year and a half, you know, going through everything with COVID? It's, it's been really difficult, honestly. Um, I have a six and five-year-old. Um, so the school shut down, um, at the very beginning of the pandemic, even the parks shut down. We, no one was going outside <laughs> and we don't have the green space that a lot of other people have. And then we couldn't even go into the parks. So we're literally stuck in, you know, 700 square feet with two young children and their schools are shut down. Um, so I had some contracts that I was, I was consulting at the time for, I did operations consulting. I had to, you know, leave that. And I was honestly, because of the campaign, I was going to focus on that anyway, but it put a lot of stress on our family and a lot of families in the city, like one parent. Um, and also at the time we couldn't find childcare, all the, like, you know, everything was shut down. Um, so, you know, a lot of one parents had to leave, uh, you know, their jobs and if they had children, everything was shut down. When you would go into Times Square when we did a few times, like you could hear a pin drop. Like it was, it was nuts. It was like, it was a ghost town. Um, and a lot of people that could afford to leave did. Um, a lot of people have second homes and different things. We stayed the whole time. We don't, we didn't have a home upstate. We were in the city. We were with people. Um, and we mobilized at the very beginning. We were like, let's get, you know, PPE out. If you remember, even at the beginning, like no one even had face masks. They were, we were donating all the face masks to the hospitals um, because there was a PPE shortage. Um, so kind of, you know, things everything was shut down. And I would say at that time, everyone was ready to shut everything down. We're trying to figure out what this virus was. Um, but then from there, I think after the first year, people started to see that, um, you know, the city was really using the COVID-19 pandemic to, you know, um, honestly get, you know, too much power over everyday lives. And um, again, I'm a person that has been vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vax person. But sort of using the vaccine, you know, holding that over people to, you know, not get access to certain resources. Um, and now what we're seeing in the city is you cannot go and sit and do indoor dining if you're not vaccinated. And so a lot of people are very upset with that. Um, we also see a lot of people who are very upset that their child, their like high school student has to be vaccinated to go to school. Um, because the vaccine is, is, you know, it's early in the game and they're trying to still figure out the, the impact of that. So, um, again, not an anti-vax person, but, um, I think the, you know, it comes back to, this should be a personal health choice. And I just think it's appalling that anyone would be, um, not allowed to sit down at a restaurant and eat 
inside because of their vaccination status. I think that's honestly the most un-American thing I could think of. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I personally, um, I, I think that's private information. It's private medical information. I don't think we should be disclosing that, you know, to, to eat somewhere and things of that nature. I mean, I make a ridiculous argument about uh, this this whole entire COVID thing. And I have my own opinion about it. And there's some basic science stuff that I've yet to get a good answer for. And sheeple running around really scared about this whole thing. And, and they're not considering, you know, some, some other things like the flu and, you know, some other thing that they don't, they've never panicked over. They're not panicking like never before, you know what I mean, over over this vaccine thing. And it's absolutely crazy. Does, is your opponent, do you know, in favor of uh, this mandate thing? Is I would assume, left? Yeah, I don't know if, you know, that's a great question for her. I think we should, we should uh, kick that off to her. Is uh, And that'll be certainly a question I ask in the debate. Are you for some of the vaccine mandates, I would assume yes, but I, I'm not going to speak for her because mm. um, I try to be a person of dignity and humanity and let's hear that from her. But, um, but yeah, Fair that's point. a Fair point. question. And I think, I think that the district deserves to know that, um, that information. So that's a good one. I'll uh, follow up. <laughs> yeah. Now, so I, is it a safe assumption for me to make that you're in favor of upholding um, our son, Noah, uh, Heather and our son, Noah, we had to take him out of school because of that. Remember, uh, maybe three years ago, there was a scare of measles in the city, and they used that. In my opinion, that was pre-COVID practice. That mm -hmm. was like, let's get some stuff on the board here in New York, knowing what's coming down the pike. But uh, we pulled Noah out of school because they had quieted into a session and uh, got rid of our religious exemption for vaccination to go to public school here in New York. Um, so if you're elected, will you will you fight to get that exemption back on the book? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's more of a state issue, but uh, it is. yeah, mm -hmm. would be someone who would be in favor of that, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I figured as much. So I have a couple of questions here. Uh and Zynga uh and Zynga asked, um, have you ever met AOC? She would like to know. Have you ever met I AOC? I haven't. You know, she doesn't come to the district much. So um, it's tough to meet her because she's never here. Oh, but, okay. but, um, but yeah, she has, I, I think I've, I've uh, never, you know, actually sat down and, and talked to her by any means. But I've seen her. Um, she's done a few events at, at Astoria Park. But, um, but yeah, she's. She doesn't come to the district often um, unless, you know, um, I believe actually from what I've been told, she lives in Williamsburg. I don't know if that's true. You know, people like to talk on the street. Allegedly, as they say. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but I don't know. So, um, no, I have not. Okay. She said uh, another question. What are your thoughts on her tax the rich dress? Yeah, that's a great quote. So that's the buzz in the media right now. I think it's interesting because she was with some of the most wealthy people in, in the city and <laughs> the price of the ticket, it's like all very hypocritical, right? Which is, you know, what's interesting with all of this, um, you know, even like the leader of the socialist movement that I see here in the city and, and different politicians, they come from, a lot of them come from very privileged backgrounds. And like, I'll be honest with you, I did not, like I came from a struggling single mom my uh, father was in and out of my life. Like everything I have, I built from nothing. And 
um, you know, and by the grace of God, I'm, I'm where I am today. And I think, you know, that just goes to show, like, I don't know, I don't know what that narrative is, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's certainly hypocritical and, um, I'm all for fashion expression. Like I had a, you know, I ran Unchained Fashion Show and I love the artistic expression, but the message was certainly, um, you know, hypocritical for sure. So, so I'm, I'm just curious another serious question, right? How has uh, getting into the race changed your life? Has it impacted like the, the pace of your life? You know, you said you're a parent. Has it affected yeah. the children? Like what kind of impact yeah. this race had on your life? Yeah, that's a real question. I love that. I'm going to like lean in for that one because it's impacted a lot. Honestly, I think um, there's so many barriers for women and specifically moms running for office that, um, you know, I have so much wisdom to offer the next mother or woman running as a Republican uh, for any city office in the city of New York. Um, it's a task, let me tell you. Um, it's impacted our life in many ways, in many ways, it's an extension of what we've already been doing, you know, as a, as a family and church ministry, my husband now works full-time in digital marketing, but it looked a lot similar. You know, we were out in the community loving and serving, but it's changed everything. I had to leave, you know, um, my, my job, I had to, um, you know, make a lot of financial sacrifices and cause it takes, you know, really, if you're going to be in it, you really want to be in it hundred percent to win your race. You do have to sort of step out of, of your, um, you know, uh, your job and, and do it for a time to really focus on the race. So as a mom, um, you know, it's the pandemic was really tough. I did not expect to be running, uh, for city council, uh, with the pandemic <laughs> happening and then we had a hurricane. So there's actually been a lot of, a lot of different things thrown my way. But, um, but honestly, at the end of the day, what I go back to is my daughter who's five, her name is Zaria. She said the, um, maybe a month ago, she said, mommy, you go to school, then you go to college, then you get married, then you run for office. And I loved, I love when she said that because what it says to me is like, I'm setting an example for my daughter that it's normal for women to run for office. It's normal for women to be in leadership roles. And I think that's what excites me the most. That's what really keeps me going is I know that so many young women are looking for an example and, you know, they're looking for, you know, what, what can I do in this world? And, um, you know, I love, I love that she told me that. And I love, you know, being that woman in, in this community that will be the first woman elected to city council in District 22. Um, I cannot wait to step into those shoes and to continue to inspire more women, uh, Republican women, Republican mothers to run for office in the city and beyond. And so, um, you know, it's changed our life in a lot of ways. It's definitely... Um, put it, you know, some financial, you know, we, we had to step out of, you know, uh, different things and really focus on this hundred percent and finding that balance. But I have an incredible husband of deep faith. He's an incredible man. We, you know, continue to stay connected. We, you know, pray together. We read the Bible together. We keep everything going as best as we can 
giving ourselves a lot of grace. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's humbling and it's, it's a privilege to be able to serve. Cause I really, we don't have a councilman right now. He stepped out in March and, uh, I feel like I've been a councilwoman for a lot of people. A lot of people reach out to me and it's an honor. You know, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. That, that is, uh, that's inspirational. And, and I'm glad you said that. And shout out to uh, we we here at the Urban Conservative we understand that this is real life. So you know we we shout out to them and thank them for allowing you to do what you do. You know for taking on, on the podcast really quickly, Felicia, because we wanna we wanna stay updated with what you're doing and any way that we can support the campaign. But please tell everybody how they can find you. You know what's the yeah. best way? To you, how they can donate? Give them give them yeah. the spiel. Give them everything. I'm going to give you the spiel, but I'm also going to go a little off the cuff and like show you my office and show you like, if yeah, you let's come, do it. Let's do the walk around. Come on. Let's do the walk around. Yeah, I get you got the full time. screen. Yeah. You full screen right now. I love it. So, um, this is our headquarters space. We work pretty hard all day, every day. You're going to see Byron over here. We have a mural of a lot of people from Queens, which is like sweet. I love to show that off. And, um, you know, we're right on the street. Like, people can come off. We're very accessible. Um, you can see, like, a full, just a full view of the office. This is where everything happens. So you can tell, like, we're running a real campaign. You know, we're out. Right, 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 right. We have people going out. Um, so the best way you can help me right now, wherever you are, I don't care like, if you're halfway across the country. Like, this is, you know, if you want to... Um, get involved if you want to come if you want to knock on doors if you want to um you know come and be a part of this movement of you know bringing uh common sense to new york city and helping people on the ground please come out i we've done a great job fundraising you know we can always use more funding but my number one need is boots on the ground so you know come you know for a saturday come out knock some doors what's the um, website www.feliciakalen.com so you can connect with us that way shoot us a message um my team will get to you and uh yeah we'd love to have you out here yeah and i what i'll do is i'll make my way out um we'll we'll make it a thing in the next couple of weeks to come out there do a live from um and, and just you know like i said be involved this is a platform for conservatives by conservatives um and we want to we want to continue to spread the word. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have friends that live in the district, get yo do your Googles. Look at where the district is. That what what what's what is that Astoria? You said what's the area? Yeah, in? we have most of Astoria, East Elmhurst, a little bit of Woodside, and a sliver of Jackson Heights. And Rikers Island is also part of the district. So, um, so yeah, mostly Astoria. And yeah, your we, homies. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, some of those guys can vote. On now, if you got a cousin yeah. in them that just got home and they can vote, like talk to them. Yo, we got exactly. a serious person Please in there. Do. Like, like y'all know we serious too. Like we really serious. Y'all got to yeah. talk to everybody if y'all that live in the district. Say, hey, there's a candidate I seen on the Urban Conservative. You need to check out that lives by you. Um, and and I was saying this earlier, and, and I'll kind of ask this to you. It's kind of to see who candidates are around like who supports the candidates other than other politicians like isn't that important yeah absolutely absolutely like you do a barbecue or you go to a razor and it's like a uh it's like a who's who of of street criminals <laughs> like I, I don't know if i want to vote for this guy i don't i don't know if i want to do that that's very true yeah 
true. That's the thing. I've been to some fundraisers and been like, I they, I know who that is. What is he doing here? Like, what is he? What in the world? Like, you know, it's absolutely nuts. I've seen it. I've yeah. absolutely seen it. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure to support the sister. We're gonna have her back on. Um, we really appreciate what you're doing. And like I said, I'll make my way out there. We'll we'll make our way out to the footage and, and get, you know. Yeah, and definitely again, shout out to your family. So I got before I let you go, before I let yeah. you go now that, that you, I've kind of done this in reverse. It is a custom around here. Conservative, that first time guest. We play a couple of games with them. Uh one of those <laughs> right, games is a one-word association game, right? I'm gonna say a name, you're gonna give me one word. Right. And then right after that is going to be a rapid fire round of questions that you you can answer. So okay, if go. you're ready. Right. And I, I should have did this the other way around, but I wanted you to get the That's plug. All right. So so first name, first out. name. You ready? Yeah. First name, Mr. Cheeks. Mr. Cheeks. I don't know. Yeah. Am I old enough for this? <laughs> I just gave you the name. You just you got to do it. Whatever you can do. Cheeks. And I give you one word. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Um, Mr. Cheeks, I'm gonna say I don't know. Oh my okay. gosh. This is next part. You'll you'll Google you'll Google Mr. Cheeks Mr. after Cheeks. this interview and you'll oh be like, Really? <laughs> uh she'll be like, Really? Oh, she burned me, Reem. Dang, she burned you, Reem. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll take it. All right, so in the same in the same man, okay. Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez, J Lo. I think she's from yeah. Queens, right? I don't know. One word. You got one word. I'm gonna this say Queens. She's the Queens okay. girl. Queens. Yeah. Great, right. Jenny from the block. But which block was it? Isn't she from the Bronx? No, maybe she is from the Bronx. I don't know. She is from the Bronx. You're right. See how out of tune with pop culture we are. <laughs> don't reference. I don't know. She's from the city. I know she was on the TV show. Living color. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. All right, so next next name, Little Yachty. Little Yachty, a rapper. Okay, take that. These are Listen, your words. Tupac, I... Tupac is my favorite rapper, so just saying. Really? Really? <laughs> What's your favorite Tupac song? Changes or Dear Mama. Those, that was my... See, that was... see, that's interesting. See, y'all wouldn't have figured that out. We didn't keep this going. Okay, so, so now real quick, rapid fire questions. Best place to get a slice of pizza in Queens? Oh my gosh, Sergio's. Where? Sergio's in the Dipmars area, off of Dipmars. You got to go like up, upper Dipmars. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. If you had to, if you had to get into a physical, you have no choice. You have to get into a physical altercation. Who okay. would you rather have? Who would you rather have with you? Would you rather have Cardi B or Michelle Obama? Ooh, Michelle Obama. Sure. Why? Why Michelle Obama? Cardi B's like she's a fight, apparently. Yeah, she's a fighter. I guess I guess I could have Cardi B. I don't know. I feel like uh Michelle Obama though, she she probably has some, you know, some things up her sleeve. I could see her, you know, throwing some punches. Why not? It's like the people who talk versus like the people who are quiet but who are like, you know, they're gonna knock you down. I think that's probably more right. is 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 Salmon flavored potato chips an acceptable party uh, snack. That's not acceptable. No. It's not doing the salmon flavored chips. No. No. Bring me salmon or bring me like chips. You know, don't don't try to mix it. 
That's too much. <laughs> no, what about the hot dog ones out of curiosity? Have you seen those? No, no, no. That's not happening. You have but have you seen the bag of hot dog and ketchup and relish flavored potato chips? No, I have not. I have not seen this. It must be a southern thing. Like, like I saw it. Like it says hot dog flavored potato chips. It's disgusting. All right. And, and my brother's been asking this question. So I'm going to keep going with this one. Is watermelon uh, uh, an acceptable ingredient for for what? You a milkshake. A milkshake? Is watermelon an acceptable Ooh. ingredient for a milkshake? I would say like not a milkshake. Definitely ice cream. Like watermelon. I'm just thinking like Italian ice though. No, I wouldn't say a milkshake. I couldn't do that. No. Do you put do, do if you had, if you had to have one baked chicken or regular fried? Fried. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you now know more about Felicia Kalen. You know more about her. You can go back to this and reference this if you're if you are a fried person. She's a candidate. She does fried. And I, mean, um, I try to be healthy, but like, there's nothing like a good fried chicken. You know? I, I, yeah, that is a certified fact. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, please, Felicia, tell them the website. Tell them one more time before we go. Absolutely, it's www.feliciakalen.com. Wherever you are, reach out. We'll put you to work. Come here, knock some doors, hang out with us. That's Thank what you. it is. Been watching at, the Urban Conservative, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. At uh, Kaylin for QNS. So Kaylin F O R QNS. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Um, and let's stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. And and ladies and gentlemen, again, please do us a favor. Hit the like, follow, subscribe. We appreciate you guys for hanging out with us, all our Facebook friends that support. TUConservative.com is the website. That's Felicia Kalen. She's running in Queens. Make sure you support her. Get at her. Ask more questions. Put her feet to the fire. She she can handle it. All right. Go to the to her. You know, volunteer. Let's get this. Let's get some Republicans elected here in New York. Let's get this red wave popping. Uh, one last thing before we go. October seventh, Pints of Politics. We're coming to Long Beach next time. Plugged in. TUConservative.com is the website. We out of here. See y'all later. Awesome. God bless you all.